Hey, it's Alan Berg. Are you coming to Wedding MBA this year? Well, I'll be there again. I haven't missed one since the first one in 2007. So I look forward to seeing you there. And if you want to save $20 off the current ticket price and they get higher as you get closer, go to WeddingMBA.com. Use the promo code Alan, A-L-A-N. WeddingMBA.com, promo code Alan, save $20. I look forward to seeing you there. Before we get into this episode, I'm starting something called Ask Me Anything. That's right. You submit your questions and they could become an entire episode or something that I answer at the end of an episode. To submit your questions, look for the red button at podcast.allenberg.com. That's right, podcast.allenberg.com. Click on the red button, submit your question, and maybe you'll hear it here on the podcast. Thanks. You know, like, and trust people, but do you know where that phrase came from? Listen to this and hear it from the author. Welcome to another episode of the Wedding Business Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Berg. I'm a speaker, author, sales trainer, website reviewer, and I help businesses like yours sell more, profit more, and have more fun doing it. Enjoy this episode. Hi, it's Alan Berg. Welcome back to another episode of the Wedding Business Solutions Podcast. I am so happy to have on another author of a book that I love, Bob Berg, no relationship, Bob Berg, or my cousin Bob, uh, the go-giver. Hey, Bob, how you doing? Great, cousin Alan. Great to see you. <laughs> you know, I, I've i been talking about your book for a number of years because I so much enjoyed it. I actually just listened to it again. Yes, I listen to books, even though we're authors. I, I love listening to books. And I love that you read your own book. Uh, you, you and your co-author read your own book there. And I, I said, wait a minute, I, I keep referencing you. I need to have you on. I absolutely need to have you on. So it's, thank you for joining me. And so for people that don't know and have not yet read The Go-Giver, which is a wonderful small parable book, does not take a long time to read. You absolutely have to read this. G give us the you know the cliff note version. What is The Go-Giver? Yeah, it's about a guy named Joe, who's kind of the average Joe or Josephine, uh, who good guy. He's, he's, you know, salesperson. He's up and coming. He's ambitious. He's aggressive. He's out there and but very frustrated that he doesn't seem to be attaining the kind of success he, he feels he, he deserves. And what happens is he, you know, he meets a, a mentor and a, a series of people who, who share with him a very, very basic premise. And that is that shifting your focus, and this is really where it all begins, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. Understanding that doing so is not only a a, a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it's the most financially profitable way as well. And not for any kind of way out there, woo-woo, magical, mystical type of reasons. Oh, just give and have good. No, it, it's actually very logical. It's very rational. When you're that person who can take your focus off yourself and place it on serving others, discovering what they need, what they want, what they desire, when you can take your focus off yourself and make it about solving their problems and challenges, when you can make it not about you, but about bringing them closer to happiness, 
People feel great about you. They want to get to know you. Uh, they like you and they trust you and they, <laughs> they want to be in relationship with you and they want to do business with you and they want to tell others about you. They want to be your personal walking ambassador. And once Joe, uh, you know, the protege in the story learned this, now he was able to approach business and approach life from just a very different viewpoint, which turns out to be very productive for him. Right. And it, it also opens you up to possibilities because you're not so focused on the money or you're not so focused on those things, which are your results. I think this is why it resonated with me so well, because any time in my life where I've pushed for the money, it has not worked out well for me. But anytime I, right, anytime I put the other people first to say, if I'm providing value to you, all of a sudden it comes, the phone rings and the emails come in because you're focusing on them. Well, there's a, a a great reason for that 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 ties right into human nature, okay? And that's and that's this, Alan. N nobody's gonna buy from you because you need the money. Right. <laughs> no one's gonna buy from me because I need the money, and no one's gonna buy from any of your listeners because they need the money. People right. are gonna do business with us because they believe that that they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so, and that's wonderful. That's the way yeah. it should be. And that also is fantastic for that person, for that that wedding professional who really truly has a heart for serving their clients because it just is very natural for them to want to make this the most outstanding, right? And, and when that happens, and this is why John David Mann, my wonderful co-author, why we say that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which means nothing more than that the value must be your focus. The value comes first. The money you receive is simply a natural result of that exceptional value you've provided. I believe you said your compensation is directly related to how many lives you touch. Yeah, well, and that's law. That's law too. And that you know what that says is is that um, that yes, the value you provide very very important. It's also a matter of though of how many people you're able to reach and impact right. with that value. And that's what right. Nicole Martin, the CEO in the story, told Joe, the the protege, that you know it's it's that yes, the value you provide that's the foundational principle, right? That's right. you know the law of value. You've got to do that. It's but it, it's also not a matter of just serving one person or one family. It's a matter of being able to bring that value to a lot of people. The, the wonderful thing about the wedding event industry is it's mostly reacting to the incoming lead mm -hmm. as opposed to cold calling, which I've done. I've imagined that you've done that <laughs> in your career, listening to the stories. And whenever I do this with an audience, they say, how many of you ever done cold calling? And they people raise their hands. And I said, how many of you love cold calling? And of course, most of the hands go down. Because cold calling is, is there a need for what we do? Whereas most wedding event professionals, by the time someone reaches out, that event is happening, that wedding, that bar mitzvah, that can't say that, whatever. So the idea of, and I, I've heard you different phrases in this, uh, my latest book is called Stop Selling and Help Them Buy, right? They, they already need what you do. Help them buy the results that only you can provide. And then the, the money comes to you because they have to buy that from you. They have to pay you. Yeah, well, this is also one reason why we're such big believers in referral-based businesses. And you know, you and I are are, are friends with Bill Cates, who who's yep. another member of National Speakers Association, the referral you know coach. And yep. and you know, we we what we all really believe is that is that when you work with referral-based prospects, if you will, 
there were really several advantages to all parties concerned. One is it's simply easier to set the appointment, right? Because again, you're going in through borrowed influence, which right, is right. so important. Also with a referred prospect, Alan, uh, price is less of an issue. Now that doesn't mean it's a non-issue. It, it not, it, it's still an, it, you've still got to justify, of course, the price and, uh, as opposed to the value you're providing, but it's less of an issue because you're going in on that borrowed info and borrowed trust. Now, also a, 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 a wonderful benefit of working with a referred prospect is that it's simply easier to complete the sale. Why? This has got to do totally with borrowed trust or what we call vicarious experience. So no, they may not have done business with you before personally, but someone who they know, like, and trust has said, this is the only person you need to talk to. This and, is the person. Right. And this is where the social proof comes in because for, you know, for the wedding and event industry, for weddings, you do get some referrals, certainly. And you're auditioning for all of those other guests that are at the event every time because right. everybody's watching. Everybody is watching, paying attention. And they're asking. But the social proof, which is the crazy thing about world, because again, someone, your friend tells you somebody does a great job. That's wonderful. Then you read about all these strangers online, on Yelp, on The Knot, on Wedding Wire, on Google, who've said wonderful things about this business. And we're trusting them. This is right. the, this is referred trust as well. Sure. We're oh, trusting, sure. Yeah, we're trusting these people in social proof. And this is why recent reviews are so important. We don't care what you did last year. We care what you did last week, right? Uh, responding to the reviews is important because that, oh. that also should... Talk, talk about that for a second, because I can't hammer this home enough. If someone took the time to post a review and you're allowed to, most platforms do, but not all, why is it important to, to respond to that review? So first of all, it's just that extra touch. It's that little extra thing you're doing that most other people are not. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The fact that you took the time that you cared enough, you know, what is it that everyone who is going to have you as the wedding professional, what is it that they want to know that you have their best interest at heart? Right. And, you know, we all know the old saying, how you do anything is how you do everything. And that's how they see you. So if you're that person who took the time to, to write that response, Right. Or if you're the person once uh, if you're the person who once you meet someone somewhere, you take the time to write a handwritten personalized thank you note that, you know, if you're that you do those little things that most other people don't do and you do them consistently. What are you saying to them? That's a pro. That's a person who knows what they're doing. That's a person who cares enough to make that effort. Right. And that's and and, and it's public. I see that. That's what I love. Public, about Yes. This. Yes, because yes. you do things for your customers other people don't do, but it's not public. Other people right. aren't going to see that. This right. is such an when easy public thing to do. Yes, it is. Easy thing. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. For those who have not read, not yet read um, the uh, Go-Giver, what's a MacGuffin? <laughs> yeah. So I learned this from John, uh, my co-author. Um, and this, a MacGuffin is a movie term that was coined by the, the late, uh, British film icon, uh, Alfred Hitchcock. And a MacGuffin is the object around which the story revolves. Okay. However, when you get to the end of the story, the end of the film, if you will, um, you come to realize that that story, that uh, that object that the, around which the story wasn't really what the story was about. 
<laughs> right. right so uh, you know, you, you take some uh, an old classic like The Wizard of Oz, right? And the MacGuffin was Dorothy getting back home to Kansas. That was the whole thing. It was her, everything about it was about her getting back home. But you, you, by the end of the movie, you realize that's just the MacGuffin. That's not what it was about. What right. it was about was four people all coming to understand something about themselves that they didn't believe they had inside of them that they really did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You so, know, it's so like, that's, the yeah. sled at the end of Citizen Kane, Rosebud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was not yeah. the thing. No, and that, and and um, what is it? The, right. the Maltese Falcon. Ex was, exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, in right. Rocky, it wasn't the championship fight. It was about a guy who came to realize that not, he was not a loser. He, right. That he was a guy who had a lot of value to offer and a lot of love to give and to re yeah, I, I, exactly. <laughs> and it's the same in business. And so that wedding is the MacGuffin. Right. I mean, that's everything about what you're doing that it revolves around, but that's never what it's about. It's about the feel. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, because you mentioned it in, in a different way, maybe exactly the same way that I talk about it. it it's not the what, it's the why, right? Exactly. They, exactly. they need music. That's mm -hmm. the MacGuffin, right? Mm -hmm. Why should they choose you? Why, how are they going to feel different? Uh, they need pictures. They need food. They need these are they need a dress, right? They need uh, clothing. These are MacGuffins. If you're selling that, somebody else sells it and they sell it cheaper than you. Exactly. Right. That's right. when you become a commodity. And that's when right. low price becomes part of the picture. And that's the key. And if you're, you know, if you're trying to make low price your unique selling proposition, not a good idea, you know, unless your last name is Walmart or Amazon.com. Uh, right. you know, when you sell on low price, you're a commodity. <laughs> when you sell on high value, you're a resource. And that's right, what right. we want to be. And then you talk about this a lot in as do I, which is adding value at every touch point. So that exactly. and value is not money. Value right. is how they feel about the interaction. Um, somebody sent me a, I think it was a TikTok video, somebody the other day talking about this, that you know, you just want to you never want to be just checking in, right? Because to me, checking in says, Would you like to speak to the salesperson now? Because I want to make a sale now, which right. is about you, the salesperson, it's not about them. Uh, but if you know that they love dogs or cats, um, I'm listening to the go-giver influence now with the whole the pet food and uh, uh, all of that. But if you know they love that, um, there was a point at the beginning of the story where uh, you guys first meeting the person from this nationwide pet food uh, pet store, he doesn't comment on the woman's picture of her daughter with the cat. Right. Meanwhile, he loves animals. And mm -hmm. there's the opportunity right there to connect on a different level, not about business, but to connect about that. Yeah, yeah, you're you're so totally right. And you know, we often say the difference between price and value. Price is a dollar figure; it's a dollar amount. It's for whatever right. country you're, you know, you're you're in. It's that that currency. Okay. Right. Value is the relative worth or desirability of a thing of something to the end user. So, what is it about this thing, this product, service? concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to that other person that they will willingly exchange their money, time, you know, whatever for this and be glad they did. Right. And, you know, that's really what it comes down to at every single touch point in the process, from the moment you first meet this person to the relationship building process, the follow up, the follow through, the sale, the referrals, what have you, you know, are you 
Are you bringing value over and above the intrinsic value of your offering and making it so special that this person, again, feels so good about themselves, about you, about the situation? And, you know, we say, and, and that because that's what we have to do to distinguish ourselves. You know, Scott McCain, another National Speakers Association member, talks about, you know, it's not a matter of just differentiating yourself. It's distinguishing yourself right? right and so he he calls that creating distinction one of his wonderful books and 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 so you know how do we do that well we do that by being that additional value right they're buying us before they're buying our MacGuffin and before they're buying our our company and you say well how do you how do you do that and it, the good news is there are dozens if not hundreds of ways to communicate that additional value now they tend to come down to five what of what what John and I call elements of value. And those are excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, and appreciation. And to the degree that, you know, we're able to communicate those elements of value during every touch point, that's the point where we take both competition and price out of the picture. Right. People can tell when you're being present. People can tell when you have their best interest in mind. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love that you said don't use a sales pitch because I talk about this all the time. You know, sales pitches are like being the Disney tour guide. And on your right is Magic Mountain. On your left is Cinderella's <laughs> Castle. There, there's no, you're not involving the other person. You're talking at them. Right. You're, you're not having a conversation with them. Um, I, I love putting up a slide that says the person talking isn't learning anything. I love that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> right. Because it's true. Everything you're about to say, you when we're on stage, Everything we say, we already yeah, know. Right, exactly. We, we didn't learn anything. We get <laughs> off stage and somebody says, hey, Bob, can I ask you a question? Please ask me a question because I'm about to learn something. That's right. That That's that right. I need. It could be your next book. It could be the next speech. It could be, you could just be helping that person. So uh, it, good competition. Let, let's shift just a little bit for good competition because I, I want to keep, keep track of the time here. But I loved... Well, you said good competition keeps you on your toes because people are always like, oh, this other one just opened up. This other thing, you know, this other one just opened up. And I like to say to them, weren't you the new person once? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're complaining about the newbie, but wasn't that you at one point? So so how how does good, why is competition good? Or why well, is good competition good? Yeah, well, good competition does. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Simon Sinek in his latest book, uh, I think of it, it's like something like playing the long game or, or the title was the long game. I'm not sure of the, and I, yeah. he talks, uh, he actually talks about that. I was glad to see that in his, his last book that he was talking about that, that good competition kind of keeps everybody on their toes doing better and <laughs> providing better service and a better experience. It's really it, it not, now, but I understand when somebody says, you know, because let's face it in a perfect world, a utopia, we'd be the only person offering our product or service. Right. And that's yeah, not yeah. the case. So we have a couple different ways to look at it in his, in his classic 1910 book called The Science of Getting Rich, Wallace D. Waddles talks about the difference between living on the creative plane and living on the competitive plane. Now, to live on the creative plane means you have one focus, and that is creating value for everyone around you, okay? Uh, in this case, of course, your customers and clients are the, the people ultimately you're creating that value for. If you're living on the competitive plane, it means your focus is on that competition. Mm -hmm. 
That's not healthy. Now, to say live on the creative, not the competitive link doesn't mean you don't realize you have competition. Of course you do. We're talking about the real world. You also understand their strengths and their weaknesses and so forth. And you, of course, you understand that, but that's not your focus. That's not your focus. Your focus is on how do I create such an immensely value-based experience that that person is going to choose to do business with me. When you have that attitude, you can look at competition in a very healthy way, as opposed to a way that upsets you and causes anguish and attachment and and so forth. Yeah, and and you can't do anything about the competition because you don't control it. And anytime, anytime you're focusing, any moments you're focusing on that is time away from focusing on creating value for your customers. Exactly. Right. So I always loved... Uh, previously to what, what I'm doing now, I was vice president of sales at the largest wedding website in the world. Prior to that, I published two wedding magazines. And when I was publishing wedding magazines, I I knew all my competitors. We were friends. And I hope that they did really well. Yeah. Because if anybody didn't, and occasionally that happened, somebody took money, didn't publish, didn't whatever, it made us all look it's suspicious. All, exactly. Right? And through the years, I've done things for competitors and people are like, well, why are you doing that? They're a competitor. I said, if my customers feels that they're getting more value with them than with me, they should go with them. Yeah. And when you do that, a couple things happening uh, is happening there. But the main thing is you're living your highest values because you know that ultimately it's about taking care of the customer. And so when you do that and you live through your highest values and it turns out that you do recommend someone who is a competitor because it was the right thing to do, don't think that that first person doesn't know you did that. And I can't tell you how many stories, uh, never mind personally, but from people who I know who who have referred a competitor because it was the right thing to do. And it came back to them many times over again, not for some magical, mystical reasons, but because that person was so grateful that they recommended them to so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so. And many times that other competitor, even if they weren't um, the type who would think of doing something like that, you've just brought them up. Not always, no. But a lot of times, yes, you've brought them up to that level of thinking, that creative plane, and now you've got an advocate. Now you've got someone who you're collaborating with. Now you, you know, and so yeah. absolutely, that is real world stuff. And, and so many things resonated. Um, my, my uncle uh, passed this year. He was 93. He was a life coach till the day he died. Okay, and he wrote a book back in the 80s called "You Can Have It All." Arnold Patent. He was on Oprah when she was in Chicago. He was the only guest for the entire episode. She had brought him out, had him for the old, and then she brought him back with Wayne Dyer and somebody else or whatever. (laughs) And I remember, uh, I've probably spoken about this before. I remember trying to read his book. I say trying to read his book when he first wrote it in the 80s. And I was in my, I guess in my 20s or whatever. And I thought the man had lost his mind because he's talking about universal energy and, you know, and and, uh, was it the laws of attraction and things in his own words. And he said, I didn't make this up. This is my take on this, right? And then later in my 30s, I read it again, actually listened to it on cassette. <laughs> I, got, yeah. I got cassette in his voice. And I was like, oh, now I get it. Mm-hmm. Now I understand. Mm-hmm. And you, you talk about, you don't realize the influence because I'm, I'm reading your book, Influence. Now you don't realize the influence because it's not necessarily a direct line. It's, it's this dotted line. And these things that come back to you, like you said, it, it, not necessarily the person you know very well that might refer you. It might be that second or third right. connection down the line. 
when I uh, started my business, I had gotten downsized. And I got a call from a friend and she said, oh, you know, are you all right? I said, yeah, I'm fine. She said, what are you going to be doing? I said, I'm going to be doing this. I need to get, um, you know, a room like a hotel. I'm going to get a meeting space. I'm going to do these little workshops. People will pay me. And uh, it's my friend, Sheree Ronning. And she said, okay, you're going to do Seattle and Portland first. What do you need? I said, Sheree, I, I didn't ask. And she put on her mother voice, Bob, and she goes, Alan, you're doing Seattle and Portland first. What do you need? I love and, it. And that's that, here's another story for you. That's that coming back, like I must have been giving, right? Mm -hmm. To be able to receive that kind of sure, absolutely, back, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and that, again, getting into the book Influence, Influence, define influence because people think of influence like you're you're making people do things, but that's not what it is. Yeah. So let's let's look at that because it's very important. Now, so on a on a very basic level, of a surface level, influence can be defined as the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, uh, usually within the context of the specific goal. That's the definition of influence. It's the definition, but it's not the essence it's mm. not the substance of influence the the essence of influence is pull pull as opposed to push mm. as in the old saying how far can you push a rope and mm -hmm. the answer is not very at least not very fast or, or very effectively <laughs> which is why great influencers don't push you never hear somebody say wow that tom or that mary she is so influential she has a lot of push with people no She's very influential. She has a lot of pull with people. Um, pull is the difference between compliance and commitment. Okay. So how does this pull manifest itself? Well, I think, first of all, the great influencers, they understand on both a, an intellectual and a heart level what I believe was Dale Carnegie's underlying premise in his classic, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And this is where he wrote, ultimately, people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. So the great influencer ask themselves questions to make sure their focus is correct. See, I believe we need to be internally motivated but outwardly focused. So the go-giver influencer or the genuine influencer constantly asks themselves questions such as, how does what I'm asking this person to do, how does it align with their goals, with their needs, their wants, their desires? How does it align with their values? How does what I want this other person to do, how does it solve their problems? How does it move them closer to happiness? Okay. And when we ask ourselves these questions thoughtfully, intelligently, uh, genuinely, authentically, not as a way right. to manipulate another human being into doing our will, but as a way of building everyone in the process, now we've come a lot closer to earning that person's commitment. Again, rather than trying to depend on some kind of compliance, which is manipulation and you know push and in those sort of things right which can work in the short term but in the long term yeah very not. short term it can but yeah, yeah it's not yeah. sustainable yeah um, uh, adam grant wrote give and take i don't know yeah, if you're great right, right again so many uh, similar things to what you're talking about that the, the most successful people are givers 
although some of the least successful are givers because they get taken advantage of. And that's there. there's a concept there because we want to be giving, but not to our detriment. It's to the value of others. So speak to that. This is important. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Being a go-giver should never be confused with being a doormat or being a martyr or being self-sacrificial in any way. It's simply understanding that when you take your focus off yourself and place it on bringing value to others, other people are going to be much more responsive to you. Okay. But yes, we certainly, you know, would, would never ever want to, to give in such a way that it puts us in position to be taken advantage of. Don't do that. (laughs) Right. Right. And and another word you used in the book was magnetic, right? The the idea of someone being magnetic, and this is that pull again, you know, magnets pull, pull things in. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right. I'm looking, I'm looking at the time and there was just one more thing that I chuckled at when I was listening. And you talk (laughs) about um, someone in the book saw someone uh, that had a nice pen and they commented that that was a nice pen. And the person said, take the pen. And he said, no, that's not my pen. That's your pen. And the person said, okay, that was actually me. And I, okay. (laughs) Right after the book came out, we're talking about receptivity and the ability to allow oneself to receive. And at the time I I had a a bookkeeper who was doing some work with me. She came over and she was, she was using this kind of, uh, uh, neat looking pen. And I, I just made a comment. I just, Oh, Trina, that's a really cool pen. And she right away turned around and said, Oh, here, uh, take it. I have others. I said, Oh no, no. I just reflexively went, Oh no, no, I, I can't do that. She goes, no, really here, take it. It's, it's fine. I said, I wouldn't feel right. She goes, really? Why won't you take them? I said, I, I, Trina, I just wouldn't feel right taking your pen. She said, she turned, she stopped, she turned around. She said, you know, Bob, it's really a very simple two-step process. Number one, take the pen. Number two, say, thank you. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, here I just co-authored a book where like law number five is the ability to receive, you know, and ah, so <laughs> that that, ga- that gave me a good chuckle. So my wife and I have had had, had that discussion. I, I noticed years ago that I would brag about her all the time, brag about my kids all the time when I wasn't with her. And then what I said, but she doesn't hear that. So I started to say out loud the things I would think. That's a nice sweater that you're wearing. Your hair looks nice today. And she'd be like, oh, you know, this old sweater. Or, oh, I don't you know. It's humid today or whatever. And I finally said, you know, if you if you keep throwing them away, the compliments will stop coming. <laughs> so the right answer is thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That very makes nice. me feel good. That's exactly. that's very nice, right? Uh, the, the, the wrong answer is no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, I, yeah, or or oh no, 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 you know, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so, so I'm going to end on that note because that, that's just struck with me. The, the right answer is thank you. That's all the right answer is. So along those lines, Bob, thank you for joining and sharing your wisdom today. Uh, anybody that has not read any of these books, because uh, it's the Go Giver, it's the Go Go Giver Sell More, yeah, Go Giver Influence. Leader. Yeah. Go and, give her leader. I didn't get to that one yet. And, and and John and his wife Anna actually wrote another go giver book. I was not involved with this one. Uh, called The Go Giver Marriage, uh-huh. where they took the principles from the go giver and put it into a parable about marriage and a how-to teaching. Anna, his wife, is in that business. And they did a wonderful, wonderful job with that. 
Yeah, there were so many things that apply to life, not just about business in them. Exactly. So again, I love having my uh, NSA, not that NSA, we're the ones that speak, right. not the ones right. that right. listen. <laughs> um, I, I love having my NSA friends on, especially authors that I, I love the book. So Bob, thank you for joining me today. And please go get his book if books if you have not read them yet. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much. Hi, it's Alan Berg. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wedding Business Solutions Podcast. You can find full transcripts on my website at podcast.allenberg.com. And if you have a suggestion for a topic for a new episode or even a guest, please let me know at alan at weddingbusinesssolutions.com. And if you'd like to find out about having me come and speak to your association or a conference or do sales training in person or remotely for your team, whether you're a team of one or a team of a hundred, please let me know again, alan at weddingbusinesssolutions.com. Thanks for listening.